0: Let's get it. What is up, everybody, and welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Bye. We rarely have these. Uh, yeah, there it is. I hear yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. We rarely have like, these off days in the studio like this, but I'm excited. And in part because... It's March Madness, although yeah. some are saying it's March Sadness today, <laughs> uh, with the beloved Rams going down, getting kind of getting punked. I'm not gonna lie, kind of got punked yeah, today. They got punked a little bit. I mean.
1: Not a great couple-day run for hoops in the state of Colorado, other than the team we're mainly talking about. Hell, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: And then also (laughs) later on in the show, Darrell Arthur is going to be joining us. He just joined the Denver Nuggets front office uh, very recently, although he's been around the team, honestly. Kind of behind the scenes for several years. Summer league, he's been here for a while. Summer league, all this stuff. So I can't wait. He's one of my favorite people just that have come through in terms of like talking to a guy, this or that. So very excited to have him on. And then, of course, we're going to take a look at the updated Western Conference standings. But first, we're presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNBR. Sign up. Of all days to sign up, today is a fantastic one because... March Madness is just fun to bet on. You just put yeah. a little money on every game. All of a sudden, you re- really care about the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. I'm watching Superstar Dev, not on the show, but in studio, <laughs> and
1: I just see the green on his DraftKings account. Just wow. Keep going really? up. The, just the
0: balance keeps going up the, the longer he's here. Uh, that That's Superstar Dev for you. I'm over here just losing money. Uh, here's The man with the wind, not really wind in your hair today. Well, I had to get a
1: cut, you know, a little um, short. going out of town this That's weekend. Good, yeah. But, um,
0: yeah, it was that time. Feeling good. All right. All right. And then a man that just broke into every car in, in Denver. <laughs> it's Brendan Vote.
2: <laughs> that's right. I just flew in from Brooklyn, actually. Really? Private jet. Really? So, yeah. If you guys want to talk about the Nets game, that's my new beat. <laughs> new ready beat. to rock.
0: I do want to talk about the Nets a little bit, because I do have to lax a little bit poetic on Kyrie Irving's game the other day, because it was one of my favorites. But actually, in first segment, before we bring on Darrell Arthur, I just want to talk about last night's game and kind of, you know, watch the show. listen. To, actually, I listened to it this morning on the way in. Nice. Good job, fellas. Way oh, to hold it down. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um. But last night's game was kind of an interesting one in that the Nuggets kicked ass. Yeah. It's funny because after the game, uh, Jokic said, like, there's no easy games for us. There's no such thing. They're all hard. And it's funny because he's right. The Nuggets do seem to have every game come down to the war. Not like the Warriors. Uh, They just win like half their game. When they win, half of them are by 20 points. It seems like the Nuggets grinded out good, bad team, doesn't matter. But last night was a rare ass kicking, and I kind of feel like it was meaningful.
1: Well, it was an ass kicking because that's what can happen when... The bench plays well and the starters play well. (laughs) We don't see it very often. You don't. Against um, Philly, Jokic, he didn't have an A-plus game. The bench played really well, which is why Denver won that game. But this is a result of the starters looking great, Jokic looking like the best player in the world, and the bench also looking awesome. Like It was a complete team effort. And The takeaway is when the Nuggets get that complete team effort, they can blow away average teams, which is what the Wizards are. The Wizards aren't a bottom feeder. They're not like the Rockets or the Thunder.
0: Yeah. You know, not long ago. They kind of are, though. But not, I heard you use that line yeah. last night, but they kind of are, because they were really good out of the gate. If you remember sure. the first 20 games, it was like, oh, surprise team of the year. Since then, they've kind of sucked. But they have Kristaps Verzingis. They have Contavious, Caldwell, Pope. It's a really bad selling point for good teams. No, but they like, the
1: Rockets and Thunder don't have the Thunder, do The Rockets don't have those guys. Like They have capable players, but
0: Denver made them look like the worst team in the league. Vote. There's no bigger dub in the history of sports analysis then are is better than Porzingis' take? Like, There's no take that has aged more beautifully. Jokic just gets better every single game. Porzingis somehow gets weaker every single yeah. game.
2: I love that that cycle uh, re-upped before the game. We got some Porzingis-Jokic questions. I was like, what year is it? Yeah. I, I think this comp is dead. Like, oh, I see two um,
1: international bigs. Yeah. Uh, let me just <laughs> compare them.
2: I did track it last night, though, fellas. I, th- I thought Jokic outplayed. Porzingis. I, I, I had the same I, thing yeah, in my yeah. nose.
1: I'd, I'd say
0: Porzingis is such a wuss, man. Like I'm telling you. Like <laughs> I'm glad you just come out and say it. <laughs> He's a wuss. Like his selection is like. Soft, maybe softest player <laughs> in the league. He would Honestly, fade. the softest big to ever come through in terms of skill. He would yeah.
2: fade away on me. Yeah, he really would. He really
0: would. <laughs> not only would he fade away, he'd take like forced dribbles backwards before <laughs> right. he goes away. You'd force for him it. out to the three point. I, I would. And the worst part is he does like tough guy things. Like he gives like tough guy faces or something. Yeah. He really is. I mean, we see this character in movies all the time. The guy that wants to be tough, but everybody knows he's not. This is really his poor Zingas. But not just to sit here and rag on him. We but could, it is though. funny. It is funny to think about. This is why when we talk about rookies, we all, or even this is especially true of the draft, but it's, but it's true of like first, maybe even second-year players. You look at skill set, and then you extrapolate growth in all areas. Like Porzingis, if we remember, if we go back, he could shoot the three. How valuable is that, guys? The NBA is all about three-point shooting, and he could protect the rim. Your big has to be able to protect the rim. He can still do those things. He can't do anything else. Like, we just assume that you're going to add these other parts of your game. These other layers are going to come right. to you. Meanwhile, like, Jokic couldn't protect the rim. He's not jumping. that, And his three-point shot was hit or miss or whatever. And so people are like, yeah, but the two most important things. I say all that to say I want to talk about Bones Highland because he has been so great over the last really, like, month and a half, six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it's been. He has been fantastic. And I think that as a prospect, through the roof, but people always talk about, like, you know, he needs to work on his mid-range game. He needs to work on his footwork. We can't always assume those things are going to happen. And right. that and that was kind of my point is I'm so high on Bones and how he has developed over the course of the season. But the difference between Bones the prospect and Bones the final form is an awful lot of work on the court, but also just like maturation that I'm sure right. he doesn't even know about just yet, just things that come to you. Well, the difference between him
1: and Chris Stops from a prospect standpoint is Chris Stops was anointed as a rookie good point the king of new york he went to new york the knicks savior yeah this is the guy who's going to bring the knicks back to relevance he's going to bring championships to the mecca yeah he was anointed as that guy whereas bones highland from day one he had to earn his minutes wasn't playing at the beginning of the season had to carve out a role had to change positions learn how to play point guard in the nba and now we're seeing him progress i think really quickly like his development as a point guard is going quicker than i thought it would he's just getting better and better pretty rapidly Mm. um i feel like and he's just hungry you can tell bones is super hungry to get better and to just establish himself and um we talked about a little on the show last night i think you got to give Michael Malone, credit again for developing a young player in the right way.
0: Right. Oh, you there's know? no question about it. It's one of the cool storylines about this year that we all worried about All year long for like the fifth straight year about, hey, get him in, get him in. get him. Here we are. And it's just it feels natural now. Like where he's at as a player feels like where he's supposed to be. Not too fast, not too slow at development. It's like, boom, he's starting to hit his stride with 13 games left. That's exactly what you wanted. He's
2: also done a lot of the work in between the lines that Michael Malone wants to see. He's gone out and earned it. Remember when he was having that shooting slump, I guess, first, third of the year, second, I want to say, somewhere in there. But he was getting rebounds Last night he pulled six rebounds down again Now sometimes that can just be lucky bounces When nope. you guard But nope. when he's you a, a good rebounder highland, Yeah it's something he's carved out for himself To your point A hungry player Not just waiting for the deep threes But really doing a little bit of everything And then I really think the ultimate takeaway Which you already said Is just how well he reads the floor already Not playing the point guard position like a rookie For whatever he
0: still has to learn I love that you brought up rebounding because he has a couple things working for him that make him a good rebounder. One, he's really springy. And this comes at uh, closeouts more than anything. If you watch him, he goes from like 10 feet away to right there contested so quick because he's a long wingspan, but he's just springy. Like uh, I've compared him to a Garanuke. If you guys know your animals. Oh, of course. Saw him the other day. Yeah, like uh, an even longer Spryer uh, Impala, if you will. You guys can Um, Google it. Um, He kind of is like that and that he just like goes from, like, crouch to spread out and, like, really, really quickly. But that helps him for rebounds, too, because, like, when the ball bounces, he just, like, is the first one to get to it, both with his length of this or that. So you look at the numbers when you compare him to Jamal Murray. Rebounding is the biggest outlier between Mm -hmm. the two at at their rookie season or even their Mm -hmm. sophomore season. Yeah. Wow, Bones actually projects to be a pretty elite rebounder as the guard because Murray's already good.
2: Sure.
1: Murray is good. I mean, yeah, Bones' wingspan, it's just so obvious. The guy his arms just go down to his knees you can see that watching him and it's one of the reasons why you think he's going to be a better defender than he is right now in the long run he's so long Um, he anticipates stuff really well he just he's got a natural feel for the game and that comes with rebounding too just a natural feel for
0: where the ball is going to bounce and stuff the weaknesses in his game defensively are largely mistakes which defense is all about mistakes like just trying not to make mistakes is 90% of defense but with him it's not f- physical tools as much as i think people t- think it is you know it's not so much of like man he's just getting bullied yeah. i think it's just a lot of like hey he's still learning to read things quickly and know and anticipate and all that yeah. but i actually think he's been okay defensively i did the list today or actually late last night i was doing the list and i a lot of this was on bones and specifically about you know, you start to think about long-term, can he be a guy? I'm more confident now. I should say, shouldn't say confident. I'm more hopeful right now than ever before that Bones might be a starter. Like, when we talk about what is this team, What can he be the guy that plays right next to Murray? And I kind of feel like Monte, Bones, uh, Jamal is a really nice three-guard rotation. That oh, if, that's nice. If you had two of those guys on the court for 95% of a season, you have an A-plus backcourt rotation Mm. yeah yeah you do Bones had this
1: pass last night where he whipped the ball into Jamichael Green with his left hand not his right his left hand from above the free throw line off the dribble yeah that
0: pass had pace on it do you know who he caught off guard with that pass Jamichael Green who was it well it was Jay Mike who scored it but do you know who he caught off guard I don't know who was it Jokic who was standing there like calling for it and was like
3: oh like he wow. kind of he kind of gave the disappointed oh. face of like, hey, I
0: was calling for it. Then he's like, oh, nice little pass there. Ah, <laughs> right, well, that's pretty
1: special if you can fool Jokic uh. or, or give Jokic something he doesn't see coming. But he's had a bunch of passes like that sure. where you're yeah. like, wait, how do he just make that pass? Like that's not a pass that a rookie point guard is supposed to make. Um, that stuff gets you really excited. Like, like, like those kind of passes, you think to yourself, and you're like, yeah, this guy. Could play next to Jamal Murray because we've seen how uh, potent Jamal can be when he's on the ball and off the ball. But Bones, yeah, he, he's just got some traits of a natural point guard, and you weren't seeing that stuff early this season. Also starting to look like a two-level scorer, not three yet, but the, the teams are
2: officially afraid of the deep ball now. Oh, yeah, And yes. that dancing he does is becoming more and more effective. He's springing himself free. Dancing and-
0: is sneaky important for gravity. Because, yeah. like, okay, guy's going to hit a three on me. That sucks. Close out on him. Guy's going to hit a three and dance on me? Definitely close out yep. hard. Don't yep. let this dude start yep. dancing. Don't let this dude embarrass me. Yeah. So, but
2: then that has that can have an adverse effect, right? Like, you're so worried about that three. And yep. he is getting free and getting to the rim lately in ways that look sustainable and encouraging. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that first step with his, and that was one of the things I highlighted on the list, is, you know, part of this is slip cuts and backdoor cuts. So you, Denver runs all those actions where it looks like you're going for a handoff and you backdoor or it looks like you're going to screen and then you slip and cut backdoor to the basket. And part of what makes you effective in those moments is how quickly that first step is. Like You go from screening to go. Can you be quick? He's quicker than Jamal. He's yeah, quicker than he Monte. He He's is. quicker than Will Barton. Will Barton used to be super quick at this, but just, you know, Ajo, obviously. He's so quick and so long that Yoke can throw that pass on the very first twitch. And, like, he'll run into it. And that's just so valuable. That's gravity on the cut. Teams are going to start being afraid of getting backdoor cut by him because he's so fast. Yeah. He's
1: really fast in those situations. I feel like he's not the top 1% quick guy just, like, with his dribble moves. Yeah. But when he's cutting to the rim, like, his first stride is so long that by the time he takes one step, he's already well clear of his defender. Like, if you watch him off cuts that first step he takes always pushes him way past his defender and sets him up for whatever move he's making off the ball um he just knows how to use his
0: length and his frame yeah I'm very high on bones right now I think he's playing his best basketball and a lot of this is just confidence you mentioned earlier he wasn't seeing the court like this earlier I kind of feel like he was I mean in summer league this is what popped to me as I was like man there's moments where he's reading the court but confidence is the thing that allows you to say, I think I see this thing, and I'm going to go for it. Right. And right now, his confidence is so high that he is actually making those plays and making those reads. So uh, to me, it's always been there. It's just being more and more unlocked. Well, I agree. I
1: think earlier this year, he was probably thinking, oh, shit. What's this play called? Like, <laughs> right. What am I supposed to yeah. run here? Yeah. Who am I trying to get going? Like, I don't even remember the plays. I, I, he's probably was thinking so much at the beginning of the year. Now it's just more natural. Now it's second nature. And to your point, he's got the confidence.
0: I think Bryn Forbes is honestly offender number one right now in missing up plays. Did you know hear a play last game in the fourth, where maybe his third, where Malone called a rage timeout because they weren't settled? It was Bryn Forbes. Yeah, he was the one. And then out of the timeout, they ran the play for him, got him a wide open three. He missed. <laughs> then I was like, you got to hit. If Malone called a rage timeout because you didn't know the play he called for you you got to make the shot coming out of the title. Yeah, you got to. The bench has
1: been really good as of late. The one problem they still run into from time to time is they just don't get into the play quick enough. They're just standing around waiting for something to happen. And Malone, you know, that's one of his pet
0: peeves for sure. Let's talk about Jamal Murray, who is down at Grand Rapids for the second time. Had a workout today. I haven't heard an update about how that workout went. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But I did hear something on the broadcast last night. And I wrote it off the first time I watched it. Because Chris Dempsey hops on. A deliberate. It wasn't a, like, let's talk about something else. It was, here's Chris Dempsey with an update on Jamal Murray. So they threw to him specifically for this. And he mentioned being in Grand Rapids. Mentioned the workout going well. And he said, I expect we'll see him. Back with the team next week or something, and I when I heard it first, I thought he just means back in Denver with the team, like on the bench. But then when I went back and watched it and the reaction that Marlowe and Hastings both gave, I thought he's strongly implying whether he misspoke or what. He's strongly implying that he thinks Jamal Murray will be back on, in the game at some point during this four-game homestand. I still am like sitting here just like, I hey, mean, we could read all these different tea leaves. I don't know. But to me, that was – I, I think it was a meaningful thing that they went on the Altitude broadcast and made m- mention that he might be back as early as next week.
1: Wow. That'd be something. Um, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. Seems um, crazy to me because you would figure there'd be more hints along the way. Yeah, like do you want him to play in, in a game, like a G League game? I, I would think. like I don't, I don't know. If he's back during this four-game homestand – that's great because then you still have 10 plus games, like 10 regular season games to work him back up to speed. And look, I don't think Jamal Murray's going to be his old self this season or into the playoffs, but 10 games, I think that's enough to get him comfortable,
0: get him comfortable for the playoffs. How many games are left? 14. 13? 14? 14? 14. Yeah. All righty. That's crazy. Let's hit our first break. We got Darrell Arthur here. He just hopped on. We're going to go to him in just one minute, but we'll take our first break and then uh, speak to Darrell Arthur on the other side. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, if you guys haven't
1: been able to watch Nuggets and Avalanche games this season, we have a solution for you. Ivoca TV. They've got Altitude the Sports. They got a bunch of other national channels and local channels as well. Go to evoca.tv/dnvr. slash DNVR. $25 a month. Great deal. Way cheaper than cable. You get a receiver as well, no contracts, no hidden fees. Your price is locked in for two years. So go to evaca.tv slash DNVR. Only twenty-five dollars a month, no contracts, no hidden fees. You get that twenty-five dollar a month price for two years. Ivoca.tv slash DNVR. Um also at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. College basketball fans, join in on the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. With promo code DNVR this week, at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
0: All right, joining the show right now, uh, he joined the Denver Nuggets organization back in 2013, was one of the first on the Nikola Jokic hype train, and has been hired as a uh, basketball operations associate with the Denver Nuggets. The second best player to come out of Oak Cliff, uh, Texas. Behind myself, of course, uh, it's Terrell Arthur. DA, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, so, man, we're excited to have you on. We want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, this current Nuggets team. We want to talk about your experience. You, you were in on a, such an interesting era, the formation of this era of Denver Nuggets, and we want to talk to you all about that. But okay. first, you know, what, can you explain your new role with the Denver Nuggets? First of all, congratulations on that role. Uh, and can you kind of explain what it is you're doing with the team and how it came about?
3: Um, me and Tim Conley have been like good friends since I got uh, traded to the Nuggets in 2013. Uh, we kept a great relationship and he been he's been asking me since I've uh, been retired uh, will I come in and you know um, kind of help the guys when they need it um, I'm not really doing anything um, on the road right now I'm just kind of trying to learn and see where I fit in and kind of you know see where I help the most but really I've been just doing a lot of PD uh, player development stuff and uh, just trying to help players and, um, along the way.
0: I love that. So are you working then with with some of the current players and things like that? Are you going is your job do you think will entail some scouting and, and and things like that? what what all do you think will be there?
3: Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I just, just re- uh, recently started a few weeks ago, but my um, front office team has been busy on the road you know doing scouting and stuff like that. So I haven't been uh, upstairs a whole lot, but I've been on the court. And- just doing like i said pd stuff but i'm uh, definitely wanting to do like some scouting trips and things like that but like i said our team hasn't been here so i haven't had anybody to on. right,
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> i got uh so I, I poked around for some questions i thought what was some behind the scenes questions i can get for da and i'm supposed to ask i hear you're a grill master <laughs> <laughs> is this true you're the grill master in the fo
3: I'm not the grill master. I just learned um, how to start grilling um, recently. You know, uh, with COVID uh, hitting really hard and uh, me not being able to go, like, to get food that I really want, I was like, no, I'm gonna just start cooking it myself." So I just taught myself. You know, YouTube has been a college for me and has uh, nice. been teaching me a lot of different <laughs> things. So, um, I picked up some tips and tricks here and there, and uh, just trying to uh, get better every time.
1: I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, da, <laughs> I gotta ask you about. Like Nico Jokic's rise, because you were here from the beginning, and yeah. I asked you back in 2018 what you thought of him because he was kind of coming into his own back then, and you said... I saw it years ago, you know, when he first came to Denver, when you guys were in Philadelphia for Jameer Nelson's minicamp, you said yeah. you kind of noticed it. Uh, you said he wasn't taking any shots or anything, but he was making great passes, great reads. You said he's going to be really good and he's going to be a star, but you also said back in 2018 that you think he could be a Hall of Famer.
0: Mm. Yeah, sure. yeah, Everybody's
1: yeah. been late kind of to recognize his greatness. You were early. Um, yeah. wh- what else did you see back then? that kind of made you think he could be one of the all-time greats?
3: Um, I don't know, you know, like, I felt like when I played, I was like a decent defender. I felt like I could stop, you know, guys, uh, at least like, um, you know, three out of five times, you know? And yeah. like, when I was playing, uh, I remember, I think, was it Nate here? It was somebody that was here. We were playing two on two. And um, it was like when uh, when Nicolo was a rookie, it was him and somebody else, and uh, me and somebody else. But uh, like, I couldn't stop him. Like, I just <laughs> couldn't stop him at all. Like, um, his offense is great, and he knows how to use his body. He's smart, intelligent. And um, back then, I saw those same traits. Uh, he just hadn't had the experience, you know. Yeah. Once he got that experience, you know, you could see his game elevate every year. So he's. Uh, he was MVP last year. I definitely think he deserves the MVP this year. His stats are better uh, this year than they were last year. Right. Um, you know, with our team being the way it is with these major injuries that we've been dealing with, uh, he's definitely been carrying a low of us.
2: Is there anything, DA, that surprised you from Jokic? I mean, you saw the talent. You thought he might get here. Now he's here and he looks as good as any of us could have imagined. Is any of this uh, surprising you at all?
3: No, it's not surprising me. It's just... Uh, you know, I, I um, do pregame with him and stuff every morning. And then me and Bunny, we try to, like, uh, you know, get stops on him. And we always talk trash to him like, yeah, we're going to stop you today. We're going to stop you today. And he continues to, like, not miss a shot on us. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's just a generational talent. I don't think we've seen somebody like him. Mm. You know, um, the, only thing, the only person I really can, like, compare him to is, like, a Tim Duncan or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but we haven't seen like a guy that can like a big that can like move the ball like he can, in like a team that runs through their big as a point guard. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He 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 hasn't surprised me, but he definitely is uh, making some big uh, noise.
0: He's always been a reluctant. I shouldn't say always. For his first four or five years, I thought he was a reluctant scorer. I mean, 18 points, 20 points, and he always felt like he could have big games more often. I, there's yeah. been some kind of change to him. Last two years, he's averaging 26 a game, and it almost like he likes scoring in ways he didn't like back then. W- have you noticed that transformation? And what is it about getting to that point where you kind of enjoy scoring on guys?
3: Yeah, he's um, he's definitely got more. I, I would say more confident at um, you know you know taking those shots. I think m- maybe him and uh, Coach Malone might have had a talk. You know, especially when guys went down, like, hey man, you know, we need you to you know do a little bit more, but. Um, I don't know, it's hard to stop him, man. Like, he has the total package. It's like nothing he can't do. Um, he's playing better defensively. And um, I think that was like the big knock on him early on. It was like his defense and his athleticism. But he's so smart that he knows how to play his angles now. He's getting better defensively. And, um, I don't know, Sky's the limit for him, man. Um, like I said, I definitely think he deserves to be the MVP again of this league. And, um, Uh, I'm just looking forward for MPJ and Jamal to come back, for sure. sure. We uh, we definitely are as well. Uh,
1: D.A., you were talking about um, you defending Jokic in practice and stuff. Nikola as a defender, I mean, how would you classify him? Do you think he's, like, above average? Do you think he's an elite defender? Because we obviously think he's underrated on that end. But from a mm. defensive guy, how would you assess his defense this year?
3: Um, it's, it's, it's good, it's good. Um, the way the league is now, uh, when I came in, it was more like, uh, you know, still a too big league where the spacing wasn't wasn't as great, but the spacing is crazy now. And uh, being a big is really tough to, you know, be up on pick and rolls and stuff like that. But he's um uh, he's took the challenge and he's gotten a lot better, he's lost a lot of weight, so that, that helps him move around a lot. And uh, I would rank his defense, you know. I would rank it up there, you know, because even though he's not athletic, he still knows how to place positions. He's uh, very smart and know, knowing where he is on the court and knowing like what he can do. So, um, uh, like I said, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah.
0: What about leadership from from Yoke? I mean, that's a big thing that he's been working on. Where where would you say he's at in his leadership development?
3: Um, I would say he's more of a, um, you know, he's not more, he's not as vocal uh probably as you know coach would want him to be but uh, he goes out there and, and does it every night you know he's probably what missed one game in the last two years <laughs> so he's going out there and he's doing it um um he's doing it on the court i think the marcus cousins coming in has helped us a whole lot with that leadership role you know um, he's like an older vet type of guy and he gets guys ready for the game and He's just like that spark plug that you need on the bench, so he's been great for us.
0: What do you mean when you say get guys ready? I'm always curious. Like, what do you mean get ready for a game? Like, he's like getting the intensity up, or, or what is it?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just getting the morale up, getting the intensity up. And we lose him. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh. oh. Up, got... oh, you're back. There you are. There you are, DJ. Up, oh, your your mic cut out though. Something might have happened to your mic. We can't hear you. Let's see. Maybe muted. Is it on our end or his end? You might try to just click out of that link and click back again here, Da. It might something might have happened there with the connection. Man, I love that the Demarcus. We always wondered the behind the scenes with Demarcus Cousins. He brought that up right away, like uh, on his own. You
1: would think Cousins would have that type of impact, but it's it's cool hearing somebody (laughs) on the inside agree (laughs) with that.
0: You're back. You're back there. And you were all right, all right. and you were talking about uh, Demarcus Cousins and sort of how he gets the intensity elevated.
3: Yeah, so like uh, you know, it's a few times where uh, we like to be on the court at like uh, at twenty on the, on the clock to like get a good warm up and stuff going. So I noticed like that he was you know uh, some guys were like kind of uh, standing in the locker room. He was like, like come on guys, we, we got a game and you know that type of thing. nice. You know, getting guys ready to go and uh, he's been great for us, man. I, I love his energy. What
0: kind of coach is Michael Malone? How does he? How is he different? Maybe some other coaches you've had.
3: Um, he's uh, very serious about winning. Like me and him have, we always talk about us having the same mindset when it comes to that um, type of mentality. He, he loves winning, and um, he likes guys that play that play hard. You know? yeah. Um You know, that wanna, that's passionate about the game, and I'm the same way. And. Um, no, he's just a great guy, and he, he gets he gets guys ready to play, gets fired up, and he's really no no nonsense. So like he doesn't like any BS in practice or anything like that. Very straightforward and uh, very um, very respectable coach. Sure.
2: We talk a lot about the culture in Denver, at least what we see from the outside looking in. We always talk about Malone, Jokic, and Tim Connolly's role in establishing that culture. Curious if you have any any insight into the roles they've played, and, and if you think culture is a real thing, and Denver's building a positive one right now.
3: No, definitely, um, definitely, culture-based organization. You know, uh, since twenty thirteen when I when I got here, it's always been about family, mm. uh, very welcoming, and um, everybody's here is like super cool. Like I said, like um, for the last three years, like Coach Malone. Tim Conley, both have been trying to give me, urge me to come back in. They've been very welcoming to me, and I have nothing but love and respect for those guys. But everybody in the organization is very nice and, um, and very welcoming and easy to talk to.
0: We talk about one of the traits of the Michael Malone era. We all wanted Jokic to start right away. Us as fans, you know, wanted him to start. It took a year and a half basically before that happened. We wanted Murray to start right away. It took a year and a half. We wanted MPJ to start right away. It took a year and a half. Yeah. It seems like an MO of Malone saying, hey, these guys have talent. they got to earn it. Bones is on that path now. Wasn't yeah. playing a lot early. He's playing a lot now, and he's a big part of it. What is mm-hmm. that? like? As veteran players, why is that an important thing, making guys earn it? And sort of how has that helped Denver over these last few years that every player has had to slow play their development?
3: I mean, I like the way that um – that they develop their players. We have good, um, we have great like PD guys, and um, you know it's, it's it's a big thing like for guys to get in the gym and work on the things that you know is going to help the organization win. And Mike Malone is has, um, has been great on like you know building guys up and not just throwing them in the fire, you know. And um, I came in the same way when I came, I didn't like first start playing uh, right away. And I think it's just a great guy, you know, for guys to, you know, build theirself up that way. So it's, it's been great for us. And I love the way that we build our team. Um, a lot of these guys have been here for a little while. And that's the thing about us. Uh, it's a good camaraderie here mm. and uh, good chemistry. And hopefully we can keep building on that. We're not looking for like, you know, a lot of uh, free agents or like superstars, you know, for this team. The guys we have now have all been, um, built up and um you know from the ground up and are ready to go and that's what i love about this team it's like when you're watching like a team like the lakers who just like put a whole bunch of guys together it really doesn't work that way you know you have to build a team up and i think the nuggets have done that done done a great job of doing
1: that yeah what what we say here da is we don't skip steps
3: you know the nuggets don't skip steps yeah. yeah exactly exactly
0: That's a Tim Conleyism. We always talk about, you know, trust the process was a big phrase, you know, as Philadelphia was building their team. But to your point, Denver's been the real trust the process team. I mean, we're talking seven years. A lot of the guys they started with just have stuck, and it's just been that same process. It's a continuation of one process, not a bunch of different pivots, which I think is interesting. Um, we mentioned briefly Bones Highland. Just what are you seeing from him in his development, especially over these last couple of weeks where he's really started to make a bigger and bigger impact on that second unit? Yeah, I love the energy
3: he brings. I have friends that call me and ask me, who's that young guy on the team? <laughs> like, so, uh, Bones is doing a great job. Um, as long as he keeps his hands on his shoulders, I see, you know, no, the sky's the limit for that guy, man. I, I feel like he can play. He competes, man. He's high energy. He, um... He's on the bench, he's clapping, you know, he's doing all the right things. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm loving his growth and uh, and hopefully like he gets, just gets better every year. You, you said keep a head
0: on his shoulders. Like what all do you think, what all does that entail for, for young, talented athletes at the NBA level? What are some of the things that could derail that?
3: Um, You know, just dwelling on negativity. You know, yeah. uh, if you're not playing and you think you should be playing and, you know, you're letting it get to your head. You always have to, you know, stay ready. Um, injuries can leak in, and you can get down on yourself. So I think that's a big part where I come in, because I've been through all those things before. And uh, if any guys have like uh, going through, any uh, – going through any like struggles or anything like that, I definitely I think I can help with that for sure. Um, I think uh, Zeke is going through some stuff right now where he's injured.
0: Right, yeah.
3: You know, it's just, um, it's just tough, you know, when, when you're playing and then you're not playing. And, you know, it's a lot of roller coasters in the NBA. And, yeah. um, you know, like I said, just you have to keep a level head and stay positive.
1: DA, internally, do you guys feel heading into, you know, the playoffs that we can make a run, we can be a contender, the West is kind of maybe open this year. Like internally, what, what, what's the sense of how far this team could go?
3: No, we all think uh, that's the goal. You know, uh, the playoffs was the goal, but like winning the championship definitely is the goal. Try to put a banner up in that in the arena, and um, like you said, the uh, the West is wide open. You know, anybody can you know can can go on the run. I feel like um, if we get our guys uh, healthy right before you know the playoffs start, I feel like the sky's are liming for us as well. You know. As long as we got Yoke out there running the show,
0: man, I feel like we can win any game. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I love it. Well, before I we get you out of here, so I I made the joke earlier about uh, being the best player ever from Oak Cliff. There's actually a lot of players from the from the Oak Cliff, like Desoto, Duncanville area. That's like a hotbed yeah. for hoops. Who are some of the big names that have come out of that like South Dallas area?
3: Um, there's a lot, man. Um, AC Law. My, yeah. cousin Quinn, my cousin Quentin my cousin Quentin Ross at AC Law, went to the same high school. We got um, <laughs> this is a um, nice team. That's a good Byron, that's a good high school team Byron Eton, <laughs> Brian Hopkins, Chris Bosch, Marcus Aldrich. yeah. Aldridge, yeah. Um, um, Kenyon Martin, man. We had um, LJ. Uh, there's so many guys. Jermaine Bill and then I went to the school with a guy, Kevin Rogers, who went to Baylor and played overseas basketball. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of guys. Donald Sloan uh, played AAU with him. Um, man, so it's it's, tough. it's a lot of guys. Man, I can't even name them all. It's a
0: hotbed, <laughs> and the gyms yeah. are all like. I mean, it's obviously, obviously D- D- Dallas is a football, you know, a football sale. A lot of great football players mm-hmm. coming out of there, but the basketball hoops down there is is pretty solid as well. Uh, yeah, it's definitely
3: competitive down there for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. D.A., you were always so great. When you were a player with the team, I always appreciate it. You always took the time with the media. You always had great insights in this or that, and and now you got this new role, and I'm just so glad you're still with the organization and, and doing something new. So congratulations, and thank you so much for taking this time thanks, with us. Thanks,
3: man. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. You thanks, we'll see you around Ball good. Arena here soon. All right. Thanks.
2: He's the best, man. Love D.A., man. Uh, you, you told me before the show – He's someone who just talks to you on your level. Yeah. yeah. Dude, as much as anyone I've I've talked to since for, we started doing this.
0: For sure, he's the best. He's insightful and then obviously like like Win pointed out just you know, he knows hoops. Anybody that was early on Yoke? I'm like, you saw it, yeah, dude, you know? Yeah, man. Like Anybody who's not comparing him to Mason Plumlee
1: in practice like you <laughs> wow, know who shots fired. I mean, hey, shots fired. jokes aside, that's
2: the exact kind of guy you want to give a flyer in your front office. A lot yeah. of players don't have eye for talent. Someone who calls Jokic a Hall of Famer 4 years ago, I think, cuz and, uh,
0: and I also think, you know, there's something to like every business, every team, every organization tries to say we are a family. Yeah. And they set that bar for themselves of what does that mean? It's a really high bar to set for yourself. Right. And it's a really high bar to actually accomplish. And I think the Nuggets reaching out to him and saying, hey, you were a big part of the foundation of this era of, of basketball. Would you like this opportunity? Right. We feel right. like you've earned it. Let's just, it's the doors open. To me, that's the thing you want to see. The Lakers did a great job of this for decades of like, hey, you play for a Laker, you always are a Laker, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And there was this like, I think they're kind of ruining it lately. You know, like they've kind of run some yeah. guys, Jerry West, out of town, this or that. But the Nuggets trying—they have just been a rolling stone gathering no moss for 50 years. I think the Tim Conley regime, the Michael Malone regime, and uh, you know, got to give credit to Josh Kroenke because I really Mm. think it all starts when he started, you know, managing it. Slowly but surely, I think doing that. And Da is kind of the latest example of this. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean,
1: he's stuck around for a while. You always saw Da pop up at summer league. He was an assistant there for a couple summers. He's been at a couple practices here and there, but. Yeah, Denver's kind of left this door open for him, and now it's it's the right time in his life for him to take the opportunity, and I, I love it. it. It's great to have him back around the team.
2: And how about Tim Connolly, who said on this show that he takes a relationship-based approach with guys that other people in his position view as assets. And I'm sure that makes his job harder in the moment at times. Like, yeah. that Gary trade probably could yeah. not have been easy. Oh, for sure. But this stuff that they preach constantly, that could very easily be empty monikers, The You know, DA is the latest in the line of people we've asked. This seems to be real. It seems to be bearing fruit. And Denver seems like a place where, okay, maybe not the superstar free agents, but if you're looking to get right, if you're looking for a team to treat you with respect while giving you an opportunity to win, they're right in that sweet spot.
0: Who else would you like to see in the DA mold? You know, like of the Jokic Malone era, Tim Conley era, who else would you like to see kind of be around in some capacity?
1: Mike Miller would be cool to have around. I know he's, he's almost doing too his big. Old thing. Yeah, he's um, almost too big for the Nuggets. Jameer's kind of doing his own thing. He's the GM of the 76ers G League team, so he's kind of on his own That's track. Awesome. Um, it's a good question. They, Kenny Martin? As this commenter pointed out, he's, was on ca- that he's G kind League of staff. around. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of around. Um, I love that. By although by the way. he was way pre Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when. Um, this is kind of more recent day, but when the Nuggets traded P.J. Dozier away, Michael Malone, <laughs> the first thing he it. said, oh, yeah. he goes, P.J. Was- Dozier, he's got a spot as an assistant on my staff. I, I was like, well, I think he kind of wants to play a he's little more <laughs> before here. he goes into <laughs> coaching. But I mean, he's a guy who, you know, 10 years from now, maybe he's a Nuggets assistant if, if Michael Malone's still here. But I, I bet you'll see a lot of former players come back and get on a similar track
0: it's funny because Darrell mm. arthur is honestly like a top the list for me i know that sounds crazy but he really is on a short list of players that i'm like yeah i'm glad they're i'm glad he's the one that got got brought back
2: chats on one with paul Millsap too could be tough ah, because yeah. he's gonna have
0: that relationship
2: with atlanta he'll as have well. a lot of suitors he'll have a lot of, should he and utah even i mean should he go down that path i think he He's a guy who forged a lot of positive relationships wherever he went, but he is one of the obvious picks of players who you could see trying out an assistant coaching thing. And in Denver, I think that'd be really fun.
0: Jameer is such a good one. Um, you know, Andre Miller technically was in the the he was there for one year with uh, Tim right. Conley, yeah. so he yeah. would be on my list as well. Nick um, Young, I think, if you get Nick Young <laughs> back here. Player liaison. Yeah. Is Gallo. Is there any room for Gallo in Denver? I just kind of like Gallo. I kind of want He's him got to be a back in Denver. Here. He's got a Red restaurant. Here. Maybe that's good enough. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe that's uh, Costa's it. Papa Nicolau, probably not. Probably not going to spend a whole lot of time <laughs> with Costa's yeah. Papa Pro- Nicolau. Probably not on that one. I don't know if Moody a will be back anytime soon. But All right, let's hit a break. On the other side, though, we're going to look at the schedule for the Timberwolves. We're going to look at it for the Nuggets, and we're going to look at it for the Dallas Mavericks and determine what exactly will be the standings at the end of the year.
1: Guys, if you're in the Denver area, first of all, the bar's packed today. We got the tournament going on. We got, well, like 20 TVs here. G- games on every I'm going to be here
0: the rest of the day, taking a, uh, yeah. after I do the George Carlson show, doing a I think a car bomb with the fellas here. will oh, do Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do one
2: together. Drop um, some irresponsible bets. Yeah,
1: the, the whole <laughs> DNVR staff is here just hanging out watching college hoops. So if you're in the area, stop in. Please do. Make sure if you do stop in, you pick up a Breck Brew Seltzer. They're chilling in the fridge right now, ready to be drank. Uh, Breck Brew Seltzers are awesome. If you're not in the area, that's okay. Hit up the Breck Brew Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website uh, Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. That way you can find out where to get Breck Brew. Closest to you, uh, even if you're out of state. So again, if you're in the area, stop into the DNVR Bar, corner Colfax and York. Have a Breck Brew Seltzer. Also, got to get in a DraftKings pick of the week here. We got the line for Nuggets-Cavs tomorrow, guys. Nuggets minus two. Yeah. Third game of a three-game road trip. Denver's two and zero. I get the sense they want to sweep this road trip. Like, they want this win. Oh, my God. That'd be huge. Are we taking the Nuggets? Did Minus I? two? Oh. Or Moneyline, at least?
0: That's a stay away for me. From me. Just stay <laughs> away. Stay <laughs>
1: away. I do
2: kind
0: of like they, the They're coming that off a one. loss.
1: They are coming off a loss to Philly. Um, I mean, if Philly can do it, we can do it. <sighs>
0: Come on. I Come like on. I right? like Denver. But am I right? We just proved this. I'll just
1: take Nuggets Moneyline. Minus 135. I mean, they're hot. Like, D-Line said on the show last night. Nuggets are rounding into form at 42 wins. You know well, they're cr- true. approaching 50 games. If so. they get
0: 50 wins, my God, I don't think they will. Michael Porter have to go. What f- eight he's got to get maybe. some
1: buzz for Coach of the Year. I know there are some good candidates, but 50 wins without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Are you kidding? And it's funny. I mean, it runs contrary to
2: MOS and and classic opinions about this team. They dipped into that old-school formula of just win the easy ones. They won so many of those games, and it kept them afloat to now down the stretch. They feel like they can beat anyone any given night, and honestly, that it's not something they've done in the past. It's one of the best ways to keep your heads above
1: water. That's a good point in the chat. No Jared Allen, I think, for Cleveland.
0: Well, he's out for the year, basically. Um, so yeah, but he's, I mean, they still yeah, have Mobley. He, they're finding new ways to play, new ways to win. I mean, they
2: still scare me. They definitely do. They, they
0: definitely do. They. I mean, look, they're a good team, and it's on the road, so it's going to be Denver's going to be underdogs. But yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. Um, oh, Favorite, minus two. They're min- oh yeah, minus two. So let's look at the Nuggets schedule here, and let's just kind of block these together. I'm going to block the entire homestand plus this last road game as one. So we're going to say at Cleveland. You've got Boston, you've got the Clippers, you've got Phoenix, and you've got Oklahoma City. Boston, Harrison, what are Cleveland, they going Phoenix, in that record? Oklahoma, you can look it up. City. Zoom in a little bit there, Kale, if you can. Um, just uh, Boston, on the yeah, on the there we Cleveland, go. There it is, right there. You can see it. Phoenix. Harrison, LA, what do you Oklahoma think Denver City. goes over that stretch? I think they go
1: one and oh, two and oh, three and oh, three and one, four and one. I'll say four and one.
0: Wow. Vote. are you with him? This is the toughest stretch of the remaining part of the sea. After this, it's actually not that tough.
2: So, sorry, you're cutting this off at the OKC game, right? Um, no, so oh, next, including, including OKC, OKC. Including OKC. The homestand. I got four and one. I'll say three and two. I think if they manage to steal one from the Celtics, I could absolutely see. I mean, I shouldn't say steal, but the Celtics are playing so well. Could absolutely see them folding in that Clippers game, too. The Suns one seems tough. Um, I'll say three and two, and I would feel good about three and two.
0: I agree. I think 3 and 2 is the record through that stretch. We're going to 3 and 2 wins. Harrison, you were wrong. we at least for how we're going to candy-cap this. Tough. If we go after that, run. let's He's go drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's go for the <laughs> remainder of the season. You've got at Charlotte, you've got at Indiana, you've got the Timberwolves, you've got the Lakers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and the Lakers again. Harrison, how do you go? That is a 7-game stretch there. What are you thinking? 5 and 2. Wow. What are the losses?
1: Minnesota or Woo! Minnesota, Minnesota slash Charlotte. They'll lose one of those. Okay,
0: and then Memphis. What do you think their vote?
1: Um,
2: I think they lose that Memphis game for sure. I mean, they could win the Memphis game. Would I be surprised if they did? No, no, not surprised. I just yeah. like if I'm looking for a loss, they just have struggled in that matchup regular season. They'll have more to play for than Memphis, presumably at that point, but. Yeah, I, I think I'll go with what Win said. Um, man, losing that Timberwolves game—that's
1: <laughs> scary. Timberwolves at home, like that's going to be a big game. Minnesota, we talked about might this.
0: Determine the playoff seating. Yeah,
1: like both teams are going to be really wanting that one. Minnesota always takes those games against Denver seriously. I do feel good about that Charlotte game though.
2: Charlotte is in such a such disarray right now they cannot put four quarters Th- that's together. a game
1: similar to the wizards game that denver only loses if the nuggets beat
0: themselves sure if they just turn the ball over a ton and maybe they, they, do they can in do one of these games yeah. i think denver only loses two and i do not think they lose the minnesota game it's gonna so be a think, hype game so for me i have them going four losses from here on out i think that's what you had as well wind and i think you had four or five what was it four four or five, five. five. five, five, five. five losses so what is the, What is the finishing record there? Four or five losses added to it.
2: Well, let's say what, down the stretch. What are we? What's our consensus for that second block? We'll
0: say four at the moment. Four and, and one. Um, so yeah, seven and three. No, no, no. There's four total losses down the stretch. So, is it, oh, so is oh.
2: it six and four? S- yeah, 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 yeah. There's
0: more than ten games left, aren't there, vote?
2: Yes. Um, Twelve games. Twelve, left. yeah, 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 yeah. So we have what do we have?
0: Eight and four, I think. Yep. Eight and four. Okay. Sorry. With that would get you man. to fifty wins, which is in seven and five, just as yeah, likely to me as and eight, eight and four and seven and 50-50 odds. That's how if I. Would they say go it.
1: fifty and thirty two. Man, what a regular
0: season! It would be pretty wild. What a season! All right, where do you want to go to next, there, Kale? The Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, so we've got Minnesota here. They have the tough part of their schedule starting effective immediately. They play Milwaukee on Saturday, which is, by the way, coming off of three days rest. So they're very rested for that Milwaukee game. At home. They've got Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Boston. Um, Before we get to the road trip part of it, let's just go Milwaukee at Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas again. What, What do you see them going here, Harrison?
1: I feel like at best they're going 500 here. Two and two. Yeah, I'll say two and two.
0: Are they beating Dallas one and one? Is that split?
1: Yeah, I'll say they split that. And Milwaukee, Phoenix, they'll probably win one just because both those are at home. So I'll say two and two in those first four.
0: I feel good about two and two vote. What do you think? I'm going to be pretty pissed if they get three. (laughs) (laughs) I will will too. This is a tough
2: stretch. Um, Yeah, two and two. It's just so hard to imagine them getting three in that stretch. I agree.
0: If they get three, one of those better be against Dallas, or two of those better be against Dallas. Right. That's the only disaster scenario is if they split and both teams win the rest of the games other than the one they lost to each other. Um, Two and two sounds right to me. Then you have a road trip at Boston, at Toronto, at Denver. So you have to go from Toronto to Denver. Yes, you get one night break. And then at Houston, what a dumb schedule. Look at that. East Coast, Northeast Coast, Central, then the South. Then they have to go back up north to Minnesota. That's a dumb schedule. That four game stretch. Harrison, I would say,
1: oh, that four game stretch. Um, Houston being the last one. I'll say two and two again. Another two and two. Yeah. Vote.
0: I think they go three and one. What? They're not beating Boston or Toronto, in my opinion. They could beat Toronto.
1: I think they lose to Boston. And Do they have any they... unvaccinated players?
0: I think they could get the next three. Man, if they beat Denver in that one, I'm gonna go two and two. So we're gonna cancel you out. You lose this one. So go. So now they are now four and four. We have, and then this last stretch, a lot of easy ones that might. Yeah, be tankers, they could go four zero. This last stretch, Chicago. man. They go four and zero. No, it's three and zero. But yeah, three and zero. Oh yeah, three and zero. Yeah. I, I agree. I think they go three and zero. So we have them also as seven and four. Ooh, that game could really decide it. Denver, Minnesota the Denver Minnesota game really might be the because they have
1: the tiebreaker correct
0: I will say I think that they are slightly more likely to go six and five than Denver is slightly. they definitely
1: have the much harder schedule if you I just
0: compare think, I won't say much harder but I would say one game's worth harder
1: yeah I think it's tougher
2: just the road games I do think I'm guilty right now of looking at Denver situation and Minnesota's situation And just applying so much fear to Minnesota when in truth Denver's been picking up wins just as many wins so I do think maybe I gave Minnesota a little too much credit but they just seem so locked in like I'm giving them the 50 50 games
1: right now
0: here's the thing though here's what I come down to game 82 is still in the minds and hearts of a lot of these players that game on April 1st is effectively a game 82 I mean it's going to be like that and here's the other thing They've won that season series. Towns has kind of outplayed Jokic in their head-to-head in the season series so far. I think in large part because Jokic is like just another game. Towns, it means everything. Jokic has to approach that game as it's for all the marbles, and I think he will. And if you tell me, it's like can Jokic lead his team versus Towns and his team when they both are the team-wise, I think, are pretty even at this stage at least. I'm sorry. At home, I'll, I'll take Denver. Yeah. What day of the week is that game? Do you have it there? That is a Friday night.
1: Not on national TV? It is not on national maybe television. Maybe flex to national TV. You gotta flex that one in Friday night ESPN game. Yeah, that's gonna be a big game.
0: All right, so we have them going seven and four, maybe six and five, but we'll just say seven and four. So Denver has to at most lose five games for what we anticipate will be their sort of mo- best realistic scenario. All right, let's go over to Dallas. Is Dallas the one that the team that's gonna fall? They have coming up at Philadelphia on Friday mm. at Charlotte. Minnesota and Houston, and then at Minnesota again. So this is a five-game block of some pretty tough games. Um, Harrison, take a look at that. What do you see? I'll say... Philly better do us a solid. I
1: can't believe we're sitting here rooting for Philadelphia. Philly's probably losing that game. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know. They beat Cleveland last night. It wasn't convincing. (laughs) I'm with wind,
0: actually. I'll say three and two. They're gonna go three and two in that, with one of those being over Minnesota.
2: Yeah. I got Or I two
0: of those being over Minnesota. Houston, Charlotte, Minnesota. Oh, Houston, Charlotte, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, Houston and Charlotte they get. All right, three and two. Then we go on to at home versus Utah and the Lakers on the road against Cleveland and, and Washington. Let's that just go those four games. games. No. Four and and0 oh? versus Utah. Is Utah good? Well, we might have to look at Utah. Is Utah's Utah good? Yes,
1: they've been on a heater, too. They, I think last night, before they won, they were 6-4 and four in their last time.
0: Yeah, but if you go back 15, I mean, they've been good. All right, wow. Okay, they beat Utah 4-0. Oh. All right. Then they – what do you think, vote? Uh,
1: we can compromise and say 3-1 I think there. they lose
0: one of the Utah-Lakers-Cleveland game. Yeah, yeah. 3 and I would say 3-1. Lakers one. being the one least likely, but you never know if LeBron's going to try or, you know, like really I, I lock think, in. I think we know. We probably know. <laughs> so we're saying three and one. Get yeah, us 25 points. Are right, you one. keeping track of this over there? Yeah. And then we got at Milwaukee or at Washington. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. At Milwaukee, Detroit, at Detroit
1: Portland. I mean, Portland's those last England. three teams are in full. Last three are full tank, on tanks. Huh? Yeah. That's so three and it's one. It's really
0: just Milwaukee. Three at Milwaukee. One. OK, that's a loss. So how many we have them losing? Sorry, what was our final bracket there? What do we? Three and one in the, in the end to end it. So four losses for Dallas. Only 4 losses for Dallas, god damn it. All these schedules are kind of similar. They really are similar in terms of like yeah. all of these teams could lose 6, they could probably win, only lose 3. Yeah. And we're all settling on 4 for all of them.
1: This is this is going to come down to a classic Denver Nuggets uh, finagle their seed with the last game of the season coming up. Oh, I can't wait for but it.
2: Also, Let's go to
0: Utah, Kale. Okay, pull up Utah. I, mean, just I for,
2: think I wrote this in the grades last night. You know, should they go for the four seed? I don't really know what the difference is at this point. I know. I <laughs> you know. You know, look at the, how we just right. went through right. You're this just going to have like, to try to win and to win see where the games. cards fall yeah. in
1: a month.
0: We got, if we look at Utah here, who, by the way, has the same record as Dallas, so I guess we should start thinking of them that way. Um, they're. At are they home against the Clippers, which has been a very tough matchup for them, by the way. They kind of have their number. At the Knicks, at Brooklyn on a back-to-back. At Boston, right after that. At Charlotte, at Dallas, at the Clippers. Wow, they have this long-ass road trip coming up. What do you see on that road trip plus one home game? Um, let's see, Kale. Can you go back up a, just up a little? Yeah. No, zoom in, but scroll up is all. There you go.
1: So starting with um, Clippers at home. Clippers, Knicks. Wow, that is a long ass road trip. Holy shit,
0: that's a really tough stretch. Um, man. I'll say, There's I guess. There's a back to back in there. one
1: and 2 and o.
0: What? What? Clippers I guess, and I Knicks. Guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah. The
1: Nets without Kyrie, but back to back. But it's a back to back. So I guess two and two, three and two. I'll say three and three on that road trip. Oh, plus the Clippers at the end of it. I'll say four and three.
0: Four and three, yeah. I'll say four and three as well, but I would not count out three and four. It's, I yes, was thinking I three agree.
1: and four, maybe. But four and three, you could say. We'll be conservative here. And then four and four. Who knows? At Golden State Steph is, is back, so back tough, for that. Yeah. Probably not. So five and four. Give them a loss to Memphis. Five and five. Six and five. Six and six, seven and six.
0: Well, Phoenix will have nothing to play for in that game. True. So maybe eight and five. Eight and five. Man, all of these teams are going to be within one. What we have figured out is all of these teams are going to be within one game of each other at yeah. the end of the stage. It's going to come down to every, the end. Every game you don't expect the Nuggets to win is huge. Every game you don't expect the Nuggets to lose that they lose is huge. Yeah, uh, It's going to make for a fantastic finish or wow. a painful one.
2: It's like a battle with no victor. There's just so much blood yeah. being spilled right now But no one looks like they're winning There's like, just one loser And that's yep. the
0: team that has to go to the play-in and the
2: Everybody
1: that, else yep. is winners It's like, we gotta win every game But we don't want anyone to get hurt but yeah. we got to win every game, right? We need to be well-rested,
0: <laughs> so you've yeah. got to make the plan so you get that five games off. It should be great. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to end this show, but we're going to start a new one up with George Carl. He's going to be right here in this seat. We're going to have the North Carolina game on, so he'll probably be distracted the entire time <laughs> we were we <laughs> talking. So but I can't wait to hear his latest takes on Bones Highland <laughs> and obviously how you would integrate Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. We'll see you in just a couple minutes.